Hi, I'm Holland Petrock. I'm 15 years old and live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. This is Climate Stories Youth Report. A podcast by Coastal Youth Media and NC Health News exploring how climate change is shaping our neighbors' lives in unexpected ways. I'm your host. This podcast is produced by eight youth producers living in rural coastal North Carolina. Our region is one of the earliest places in the U.S. to be impacted by climate change. After training with professional North Carolina journalists, we embarked as reporters ourselves. Each episode, you'll hear from different coastal North Carolina youth reporters and their stories. Let's begin. I'm Isabella Avila, and this is my climate story. Are sharks ferocious, man-eating, evil creatures terrorizing every beach on the planet, or are they far more helpful and critical links to the ecosystem? If you trust everything you see in movies, you'd probably never want to go back in the water again. But if you listen to those who knew these magnificent creatures the best, you'll realize sharks keep order and balance in the ocean. Quite frankly, sharks aren't out to attack humans. There are theories that shark encounters with humans are happening more frequently due to climate change. Climate change is causing sharks and their prey to migrate to new waters as the oceans warm. That sometimes means sharks are coming closer to shore, looking for food. We might be swimming, surfing, or riding the waves when the sharks see something they are curious about and move in to find out what we have. I recently talked to James Bell, the North Carolina Aquarium shark advocacy consultant, as well as Sean Harper, a dive safety instructor for the North Carolina Aquarium at Roanoke Island. What I have learned from them is that sharks don't like our heartbeats and that we swim weird to them, James Bell told me. In fact, humans, our biochemistry and biorhythms are like an irritating sandpaper alarm clock to a shark. When I interviewed Sean, he told me the first time he saw a shark was in science class when they dis- dissected one. Since then, he's been more interested in seeing them alive and moving. First time scuba diving, I think I was in the South Pacific and we got to see a lot of like gray reef sharks. They were very cautious. Nurse sharks, sand tiger sharks, sandbar sharks too. A lot of those sharks are pretty docile or not really interested in divers. According to an international shark attack file posted on the Florida Museum website, in 2011, there was a total of 31 shark bites. And as we got to 2015, there was a spike totaling to 59 shark bites. But as we got to 2020, they dropped back down to 33. In that time frame, only four shark bites were fatal. They don't even actually tear the skin. If you look at most shark bites, they're puncture wounds. I've also realized that it isn't the shark's fault for when we are out and they're curious, because just like my mom loves to say, we are in their living room. We like to hang out as people where they oftentimes like to eat Mm -hmm. uh, around piers, near beaches, near surf zones. Sharks don't have hands. So when they see something that's not exactly normal to them, like, whoa, that's not a fish or that's not something that I always see here, they have no other way of knowing what it is except to take a bite. One day I was at the beach with some friends and my father texted me telling me he was tracking at least three great white sharks that were in the ocean with me. And when I said I was a bit freaked out, I meant it. But as I've learned and talked to all of these experts and really have gotten to know more about sharks, they don't frighten me anymore. Climate change made me even more interested in them and I really want to see how they are moving around more in the warming waters. Now I no longer think of the Jaws scary music when I go in the water.
Sharks definitely need a lot more love and attention, James told me. The sharks get a bad rap, right? But here's something that I think that everyone needs to understand because the climate is changing and it's changing dramatically with our oceans and our currents in such a way that we are going to have more interaction with sharks. What I have learned from talking to so many people and so much research is that sharks are a big part of keeping our oceans safe and clean. And they are also a big part of our population control, James told me. One of their jobs is to, if there's a sick or injured fish, it's their job to clean it up so that we don't have a gross, you know, rotting ocean. Much like a buzzard. You know, if a buzzard sees a dead animal on the road, part of a buzzard's job is to go eat the dead animal, right? Sharks kind of have that same responsibility. Their other responsibility is, is kind of controlling the food chain. So if the shark eats the fish, then there's not too many fish that eat the smaller things and therefore the coral reefs are healthy. Another thing James told me was, sharks have never been found with cancer. They're the only animal that we know for sure has never been found with cancer. So what does that mean? Does that mean that if sharks disappear, the cure for cancer also disappears? From now on, whenever I go to the beach, I will be thinking in a different perspective and realize that we are swimming in their living room, as my mom always told me. Thanks for listening to Climate Stories, Youth Report. Each episode, our coastal North Carolina youth reporters take you into a story about how climate change is shaping our neighbors' lives in unexpected ways. I'm your host, Holland Petrov. I'm 15 years old and live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. After going through a journalism and podcast training program coached by Coastal Youth Media and NC Health News journalists, our youth reporters produce stories about their home region. This project is funded in part by a grant by North Carolina Sea Grant through the Community Collaborative Research Program. Coming up, another Climate Stories Youth Report episode.